Yeah. Okay, Content Cube episode here. Content Cube episode 13 is here, everybody. <laughs> episode 18, Brian. What did I just fucking say? You said 13. I'm off the goop. Uh, <laughs> hey, everyone. Content Cube episode 18 is here. That's right. 18. Uh, old enough to be taxed and die in the military, but not to drink. An injustice, I say. Uh, this week, we're probably going to start off with... Uh, Let's start off with Tiger King, you know? This episode is brought to you by Big Cat Rescue. Go to Big Cat Rescue slash Content Cube for 25% off your next visit to the Tiger Land. How? Don't give don't give that website any engagements, please. I, so I, we'll see where that show goes, but we watched the first two episodes, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. assume most people have probably already watched more than the first two episodes by what yeah. I'm seeing on Twitter. Seems like yeah. we're behind here. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's just fine. That's okay. Yeah, let's not linger too long on it. (laughs) My first question before we get into what happens in the show and what we've watched. Do you guys want to watch more after the first two episodes? I mean, I'll go. I'll do it. I mean, it's what, five more episodes? (laughs) Um, Sure. I heard episode three is where things get real weird. Um, And they kind of tease that at the end of two. But I kind of it didn't really surprise me because I had already seen all this stuff on um, like on Twitter, pretty much all these memes and tweets about carol baskin you know if you're listening to this you you've at least watched the first two episodes or i mean you've heard this carol baskin killed her husband you know that's the theory out there um going off of the two minute tease that they did at the end of episode two i'm gonna say resoundingly yes she did that shit um but uh, i guess we'll get more evidence in upcoming episodes that we have yet to watch it's it's just weird because but, well I, I i didn't really get spoiled because i saw these memes it's like oh y'all uh Y'all, yo, like, this fucking uh, woman killed the leader of her weird sex cult. And I'm like, oh, so someone killed the sex cult guy. And then it, later through episode two, I'm like, which one? Right. Which sex cult? And then twist, I guess there's a third sex cult coming up, maybe. So <laughs> I just have no so, idea. The, the, <laughs> I She apparently, I mean, first off, I want to establish the memes and the the conversation around this have actively almost made me not want to watch the show. It's all I see everywhere, and I really didn't want to watch it. But apparently she killed her husband. That's that's the thing. And her fed husband, him fed him to her tigers. Yeah, that's that's, that's what the episode kicker. two ended with. Was yeah. The big cliffhanger was, yeah, she killed her husband, apparently. So if we want to find out, we're going to have to Spouse murders. It. Spouse murders happen all the time. What What is the novelty of the story? That's what we're taught to ask in journalism school at Mizzou. What Tigers. is the novelty? Tigers, Tigers ate the body. There's your punchline. That's your headline. I, that's cool. You know, that's what. That's your selling point. That sells. They say sex sells. So does, uh, like, so does Tigers eating your deceased husband. That sells. That's like the main draw point of this documentary series that I've seen on Twitter. That's what everyone focuses on. And there's a I lot read, more batshit crazy stuff going on, but that probably tops it off. I read an interesting article that I think explains why I wasn't super thrilled to watch this TV. Is it gives me big reality TV vibes. Yeah. It Most documentaries have like a message or a purpose they're eventually trying to get across, but... This plays just like a reality show. I mean, every character is amped up to the top. Every episode is more played for twists than anything. It's just a documentary about crazy stuff. It doesn't really have anything to say, which is fine. It doesn't have to have something to say. But I I don't... 
I guess the reality TV vibe was a turnoff. Though I will admit, I enjoyed the two episodes. It is thoroughly entertaining. The uh, country, the country music videos, those made me smile. <laughs> those were fucking. Uh, mostly, <laughs> my takeaway I mean, was that this is a miserable fucking show that I will happily leave on my laptop while I play Persona 5 Royal. You know, like, I. It, it's good. Like, it's super interesting, but it's just like. I can only look a sad tiger in the eye so many fucking times. It's like, oh, here's some more B-roll of some fucking abused animals. I'm like, right. these tigers seem really bummed out. I don't know. <laughs> Brian's not here for the sad tigers. I like I mean, what you I, said about it being like a reality TV series. Yeah, that's a good just point. got me picturing like, like what if like the Bachelorette, like if you didn't get a rose, you got fed to a tiger. You know? <laughs> Think of the stakes, you know? There are real stakes in this docuseries. Uh, <laughs> like all the expired stakes coming out of the back of the truck. Yeah, there we go, folks. Hell, of a, hell of a podcasting move there. <laughs> Who's your favorite shitty Ow. person? I mean, Joe Exotic's a character. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i not obviously not a good person, but uh, <laughs> these guys showing off how he's going to shoot an animal rights activist when they come onto his property. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a guy like that, though, is made for TV. Uh, but he's real. You know, he seems like a TV character that you would call over the top, but he's real. Uh, so I guess that's that's cool. I, um, yeah. The thing is that while it does give off reality TV show vibes, all of this actually happened for real. Like, that's the crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, true. Is. Like, <laughs> he did fly over that. Like, flying over the place in a helicopter seems like such like a... Uh, it, it almost feels like an auxiliary show for the WWE, like a fu- like the fucking John Cena reality TV show. It's like, oh, we're gonna yeah. fuck with, uh, we're gonna fuck with Brock Lesnar by flying a. Fu- it, no, it's the fuck. Yeah, it felt like that. But oh my god, that happened though. Like th- this happens, what? and that's weird. I mean, for for anyone who hasn't watched it, he's Brian. What Brian is referring to is this guy Joe Exotic, who owns like all these tigers. Uh, went to, uh, like this tiger rescue reserve that's owned by Carol Baskin, like his enemy, an animal rights activist who like just lets tigers live out their life and then die instead of breeding them, which is pretty much seems like the only difference. Um, and he like took his helicopter and just flew over it almost like, like as an ominous like threat. And apparently it was even talking about dropping grenades out of it. And then he was talked out of it by one yeah. of his husbands. It's it. Yeah. I said one of his husbands in yeah. case you haven't watched it. He's got a couple, uh, it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. Jake, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Um, what do you guys think of the line? Um, where he's talking about his second husband, he asks him in the car, he's like, do you watch porn? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you watch yeah. porn with the, yeah. What'd you guys think of that line? I, the... I literally was so excited to, to talk about that line. Uh, <laughs> Brian, do you is... want to explain the line or do you want me to explain it, the line? He's basically asking this 19 year old that he wants to fuck. How, how straight are you? And he's like, pretty straight. He's like, well, do you watch porn? He's like, yeah. And it's like, when you're, uh. When you're watching it, do you like it when when the guy with the big dick or the little one fucks the lady? He's like, of course, the big dick. And he's like, <laughs> fellas, is it gay? <laughs> fellas, <laughs> is, is it gay? To watch- <laughs> fellas, is it wa- is it gay to watch a woman get fucked? <laughs> I just, that's basically apparently, the <laughs> apparently, it's not if it's a small dick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's- <laughs> What's Joe Exotic's message? That was a really weird. Do you think there's a third husband? Because we've established with the other guy, it's like, oh, 
he has an infinite amount of fucking uh, weird women in a sex cult. He, he's it's infinite. It's limitless supply, you know. And, and but then they reveal they're like, oh, by the way, Joe Exotic has a second husband. And I'm like, there well, could be a third. There could be a third. And again, Jake, I get what you're saying. It's like they're just withholding this <laughs> mundane information for no reason. Do you? Do That's you, how they uh, hook you, you for multiple episodes. Yeah. Yeah, what do you guys think of the names that, uh, what's Doc? What do you think the names Doc gave all his wives? He renamed them all. Fuck. Fun, exotic names. Fucking Cheshire. Cheshire, uh, <laughs> monkey. I, I just don't remember. <laughs> what a weird this fucking dude, thing. This dude, like, signed this lady up for uh, a breast enlargement surgery uh, yeah. and didn't even, like, tell her until it was, like, the day was happening or something like that. Like she didn't ask her one or was not yeah. asked, asked if she would be willing to get one. But then it's so such like a twisted, weird cult that she almost was happy. She got one. Cause then she got to rest for a few days. Cause she apparently had not gotten any rest in like it's... ever since she started working there. Yeah. I, what a dark and twisted show. I, I, I don't know how people are doing it. I, I don't know how you endure this. <laughs> I found um, the sign that I didn't expect to find interesting or even think they'd touch on was how much that they pay the people who work there. Ooh, the rough. fact that the one place doesn't pay them at all and yeah. then the other place basically gives them a very shitty home to live in and gives them like a few, what is it, like $100 a week or something? Yeah. It's and then insane. Joe gives 136 Uh, But all the workers there... Yeah. So yeah, it's 136 at Joe's. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Weird one. Weird. <laughs> just, I, <laughs> the whole show is weird. That's really. The I. It is very interesting where it's going. I, I. I don't know where we go. I mean, they already told me that Joe Exotic <laughs> is in prison. I do wonder if they cover his political attempted political career. Because I, I remember reading about him running under the Libertarian Party for president. Several times in the past, I said Joe Exotic. That's a dumb fucking name. I was saying that in high school, uh, and then I guess it's him. It's the Tiger guy, folks. <laughs> I I would assume they'll touch on it. Um, yeah. Did you see they're adding another episode? Why? <laughs> I, because we'll so many people are watching it. I, when you're making a documentary about something like Tiger, are you just fucking stoked? When someone gets arrested. <laughs> Are you just talking like bouncing out of your seat when someone dies or something? Like, because I don't think we've seen the third husband as old, like the, the younger one. I don't think I've seen yeah. him. So I just assume he's dead or something. You know, I, like we haven't seen him like interviewed. It would be like, I don't want that for most documentaries. When, when did they know how much they had to work with? Like, did people just take a shot and, like, war hope this is interesting? Because they wouldn't have known that they would have this huge rivalry with the other camp and that she might have killed her husband and that Joe Exotic would run for president slash marry multiple men slash um, put a hit out on yeah. the other woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. You'd think it, – it's so absurd, but it happened in real life. It's like if I wrote this as a fictional script and presented it to people – as like it, they'd be like, this is like a B movie. This is supposed to be ridiculous as possible. This is like machete kills Robert Rodriguez type ridiculous <laughs> stuff, and like you'd be like, Zach, this is dumb. This would, I'm, it's, I think it's just the novelty that all this stuff is 
real. Did you see Joe Exotic's ideal casting for himself? He suggested Brad Pitt or David Spade. <laughs> what yeah. a range. David Spade would pretty much just be Joe Dirt with tigers. Um, <laughs> even I mean, uh, David point. Spade, David Spade's probably the best fit for him. Uh, I do not want to see David Spade in a movie. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Period. Uh, Brad Pitt. I don't know. He's kind of he's kind of getting up there in age now to play him throughout an era, and also I don't want to see Brad Pitt do that. And also, I think my pick would be Sam Rockwell. I think Sam Rockwell would be the perfect mix of kind of weirdness, but also kind of look like him. He needs to get out of the racist roles, the racist (laughs) country. That's his thing, and he's great at it, but the poor guy can't do anything else. Yeah. (laughs) I'll stand by this. This character in, like, Three Billboards was, like, the only time I've ever kind of felt bad for a racist guy. Like, the only time I've ever felt (laughs) he just found a way to pull it off. And during that movie, I was like, I kind of feel bad for you. (laughs) You know, most of the time I'm like, I hate this guy, but... (laughs) That was weird. He was just, he's just a like good actor. I got that. That, that, that guy, that guy towards the end, I was like, you just, you needed a better upbringing, you know? <laughs> so are we done with Tiger Guy? God, I hope so. <laughs> what did you call it last week? Tiger Lord? I, Tiger, Tiger Prince. Prince. He was calling I, it Tiger Prince, and I thought it was a bit. I called it that today, too. Yes, I don't sure know did. why. I noticed that. I noticed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on Is Tiger Is that an Prince. animated film or something? I, I hope whatever. not. Uh, moving on to uh, Quibi, uh, do you guys know what this is? Uh, nope. I just can't wait for you to tell me about it today. You had sent a message last week. You were like, um, uh, "I'm going to talk about." Oh, you can't record on Sunday because I want to watch Quibi on Monday. And I was like, yeah. I assumed I'll not trying to offend you, Brian, but I thought it was an anime thing. Yeah, um, uh, and no, it's not. Boy, <laughs> I wish. Boy, I wish it was anything <laughs> else. Uh, Quibi is a phone-only streaming service that has 1.75 billion dollars in seed money. Wow. And it has like a it is the Mario Super Mario 3D world of streaming platforms. There's a billion fucking shows and it never ends. They have a fucking Idris Elba show. Idris Elba is on Quibi, folks. They have uh, what's I said. Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones was on there. They got um, Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, he's doing the most dangerous game. Um, <laughs> I saw uh, Will Forte, yeah, comedian, yeah. has a show. He has that with uh, Olson, uh, the woman yeah, from Always Sunny. Right. And so basically, the crux is that these are ten minutes or less, uh, and they have a billion fucking dollars to make them. And boy, it's not great. You had a question? You had a thing you're gonna say? Yeah, I I have two questions. Because uh, I was talking with my family at dinner. Is it seasons? How many episodes per show are there? No idea. Uh, they're releasing uh, new episodes every day. Every day okay. something is coming out. So they're not doing the binge thing. I suppose not. But there okay. were two episodes of my, Most Dangerous Game. So I don't know. But. My second question. Was you say it's bad? Is it bad because of the plot, the production value, or the acting? Well, I watched. Well, basically, at its core, I think it's fun. They, there was also a tweet where basically one of their shows with uh, who played Batman and Lego Batman? There was a Will Arnett. yeah, Will Arnett. He his show he's uh, starring in. It's like a game. Sh- it's like a reality. It's like a found footage thing. Apparently that entire concept and name and logo was all ripped from a YouTube channel a while ago. So that sucks and that's shitty. Uh, it's really <laughs> shitty. I hate that. Um, but basically I was trying to watch it from the perspective of a regular person. Uh, and I only finished 
one of the episodes I watched. And nothing was over 10 minutes. The only one I watched was like the pilot to the most dangerous game. And I got to give it to him. It actually felt like it ended on a where a place an episode would end. You know, they didn't just fucking cut it off halfway. So that felt all right. It just seemed kind of, kind of boring. So I didn't really watch the second. Well, I did watch the second one. It was boring. Uh, I also watched Punked, uh, starring Chance the Rapper. They got Chance the Rapper to do Punked. Uh, oh, no. I kind of just, I don't like prank shows, so I just kind of watched the setup. I think they were going to fucking murder her dog or something. I don't know. Uh, Meg, Is- Meg, Meg the Stallions dog. Uh, specifically. Was was the joke on Punked that uh, Chance the Rapper's hot shower was fake and a whole marketing <laughs> stunt? Because that would be cool. The the big day was fake. It, it was an ARG, actually. Uh, so I didn't watch that. I didn't give a shit. Uh, don't like prank shows. Uh, then I watched Chrissy's Court, which is Chrissy Teigen's thing, <laughs> which is a Judge Judy-style courtroom experience. Uh, and her mom is the bailiff. That That was funny. And then there was a cringe moment, so I backed out. Her mom, her mom said, please enter fucking the Honorable Chrissy Teigen. And she's like, are we going with that? And I'm like, goodbye. Uh, so I didn't I didn't watch any more of that. Uh, see, I went in with the... Because at its core, uh, these are extremely... It's a flawed time for this. Because we are now at a point where nobody is not next to their computer or TV. And I was in the same room with my computer or TV. And because... It, so I guess this was made with the idea, oh, someone's on the train. Someone's waiting for someone somewhere. Someone's waiting for their food. But now no one's waiting for anything. They're just waiting for the quarantine to end. So they're stuck. And so I'm basically sitting there in my living room. I have a video game on my TV. I have a fucking real ass... I have the Tiger King on my laptop. And I'm like, why would I continue putting myself through this? Like, none of these are grabbing. The next one I watched was Flipped, which is the Will Forte and uh, Caitlin Olsen thing. Uh, the concept was fine. I didn't get there because, again, I don't give a shit. Uh, it, it's about two people that want to get into the house flipping business. Uh, and then they have to flip houses for the Mexican cartel or something. I don't know. Um, and then there was the most dangerous game, which is, you know, we've all heard it. They've made like 13 billion versions of it. Th- that's the <laughs> weird thing is that uh, a lot of a lot of things are getting in on this. E has their own thing. Uh, BBC has their own thing. Uh, TMZ has a morning and night show. Uh, Polygon is doing a gaming news show. And I, I was curious about the gaming news show, but you guys know on Snapchat... I'll, I'll finish with that. So, you know, Speedrun, their gaming thing, that was fine. I thought that was decent. Uh, but again, at its core, it's flawed. They have all these big names. They have all these big brands coming in. They brought back... I think they brought back they brought back Reno 911 for this. Reno 911 is on Quibi and they're doing a new season. But you can watch it you can watch everything horizontally. And I thought I'm like, "Oh, some of these will be shot with horizontal in mind." They are most certainly not. You you hold it horizontally, it just cuts all the image. So that they shouldn't they just shouldn't let me do that. So wait, uh, it's filmed vertically? No, it's filmed horizontally. And no, okay, it's, you, okay. it's filmed horizontally. You could watch it, but you can hold your phone vertically, and it just cuts the image. Oh. So I'm like, I get why you'd want to do this. Like, if you film something with the intention of it being watched vertically, I'm like, oh, that that's cool. But you shouldn't let me do it with every show. You know what I mean? Like, because some of yeah. this just doesn't work. Like visual bits. It, it's like the fucking Simpsons. Like all the beer coming out of the one pipe. It's like that, but cut off. So that's, uh, you know, you know, on Snapchat, 
they have like those fucking snap stories by companies and it's like, oh, fucking, it's like a text message or something mm-hmm. like, oh, get out of the house. You know that shit? Yeah. Or like SV, or like uh, a gaming thing. I think it's called SVG. It's just that, but with a lot of money behind it. Like it is essentially just those fucking like, it's like they're telling dramas. They're trying to do all this stuff, but like, and some of it I heard is fine. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, why would I want to watch this on my phone? Like, it is phone yeah. only. It is phone only. You cannot watch this on a TV or anything. And in the in these trying times, I can think of no worse time for this thing to come out other yeah, than before is, phones existed. Because It is yeah. a very weird time to launch. Because you're never away from your TV or really anything that you enjoy. Like, this seems like it was made to enjoy in short bursts when it's your only option. And it just doesn't work out. I also watched when the streetlights go on. I couldn't. I didn't watch long enough to figure out what it was. Uh, I think there's a death in it. I, I just, so I watched all that. Uh, the app didn't work for a while. It they have. It's a three month trial. So if you guys, if anyone out there is ever interested, uh, and they have an ad free option, so I signed up for that, assuming I'd be able to figure out when to cancel it. I'm gonna forget. They're gonna get me for my $8. Um, I'm gonna get owned. Uh, but yeah, it's there. I don't think I can recommend it. I didn't give it that much of a shot. Uh, but if you guys ever find your house burned down and all your possessions gone, uh, besides your phone, uh, I can think of no better streaming service for when you're waiting for the paramedics to arrive, you know? It's just like, they'll probably Fuck get there you. in 10 minutes, you know? Uh, what next? What are we thinking? Um, so you were talking about Snapchat and yeah. Saturday. Uh, I have our, our group chat uh, occasionally is just filled with stuff. And it's it's if I'm trying to do work, I'll mute the chat so that my phone isn't being overwhelmed. And so I had the chat muted. But I was like, I'll get on Snapchat, see if I miss anything, took a little break. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, there was a little argument going on. I think, Brian, you should uh, <laughs> open this up. Zach, are you looking forward to this at all? Uh, it's a, I look at it more as like, um, like it's a, a sense of duty I have. Yeah. Like, Are you, you know, engaged? it's not some, it's not something I have to, it's not something you look, a soldier doesn't look forward or most of them don't look forward to being <laughs> shipped off. Um, you know, but they got to do it. Sometimes you got to defend your homeland and that's, uh, that's kind of how I'm approaching this. So, you know, we, we, we all watch the Marvel movies, you know, love them, need them, want them, got to have them. But something <laughs> happened to me in the last seven days, and I don't know what. It's like that episode of South Park where Stan like hits thirteen and everything turns into shit. It's a lot like <laughs> it's that. A good one. It's uh, a good one. It was all right. I remember watching it. It was good. It, it was good. I don't know. Kind of made me uncomfortable with all the shit. But whatever. I, I was on Twitter and I saw Zach Hohenstein's tweet. If you don't love Endgame with all your heart, I feel bad for you. Uh, and I, I, I reacted, I post, I replied with an image, a really grainy image of a chihuahua that was like time 16 zoom uh, of a chinchilla just kind of to display my, uh, my disappointment and the deterioration of my mental state. That's what I hope you gleam that from that, Zach. Uh, and then I saw a it's tweet a deep meme. and then I saw a tweet and it was like, yo, we all know the Marvel movies got some of the best cinematography around. Okay. Well, I'm not going to defend that No, that's not you, Zach. That blood's not on your hands. that one. But I saw that and my brain fucking broke. Like, I'm just like, my life flashed before my eyes. And I'm like, like for a while, I'm like, are these movies even art? Like, can they even be qualified as art? And they can be, technically. Uh, but I, I certainly, they, I, I wrote an opening statement if you guys would like to hear it. I, w- I would. Read it, Brian. Read okay. It, Brian. And I, you've heard a lot of these points before. 
And you know, these aren't all my feelings. You guys are probably going to call me on stuff, but this is a rough draft. Jake, what are your opinions on the Marvel movies? I I like them. I would say I'm not quite as high on them as Zach probably yeah. is, but I am a I am a fan. Okay, that, that's yeah. I mean, it's fine if either of you guys like them. I'm just this is me processing my own change in life. Uh, so we don't lose our audience. Yeah. Brian does does still like you if you like Marvel. Movies. Yeah, I don't know. it's fine. These movies feel like in sci-fi when someone tries to create a human but can't create a soul. I always knew these movies were cynical works created in a boardroom and risk tested to hell. But at the end, but at the time, they did a good job of not feeling like that. I was running on hype, and much like someone feels after running for their life on adrenaline, I'm fucking exhausted. I feel nothing. I don't think they're bad films as they don't even evoke any emotion from me. I can't even tap into the feelings I had opening night. It's like watching it through someone else's eyes. Endgame was not a conclusion. It was designed to not end and go on forever. If it was made to end, the five-year time skip would have meant something, but it doesn't. Endgame is purely a movie made to evoke dopamine and deliver fan service and wow moments. But once that wow wears off, you realize that it is fan service and hype built on a skeletal, skeletal framework of a foundation, and now I see it crumbling before me. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you want to take this? That was a bit dramatic, I know. It was the tone I was going for. Okay. <laughs> Let me start off by saying that was well written, Brian. Thank that you. That was very well spoke <laughs> and well well put down. I think you illustrated your feelings very clearly. Um Hmm. Okay. Um before I launch into my thing here um i i would like to point out you said a five-year time jump doesn't mean anything uh we've had one count it count it one film since uh it's taking place after uh, endgame so i don't think it's fair to make that that uh that thing society and, yeah sorry no no that's pretty much I, I think i think we'll see if there's a change i agree that they kind of glossed over it a bit in far from home uh societal collapse it, doesn't seem like something you can gloss over it seems okay, like things well, are oh, just fine. Uh, the, the collapse the collapse happened in the five years if anything they rebuilt it faster than you'd think yeah uh after endgame endgame yes, was that's putting it yeah. It, yeah the collapse they had you, you'd assume that they had developed some type of infrastructure by the time the five-year jump at the end of the five-year jump in endgame they had five years to clean shit up and get some type of world running again yeah, and then it's just a matter of adding back half of the universe, which obviously is a lot. That's, that's a hell of a lot to figure out. I mean, the infrastructure um, at the time was probably not made to support twice as many people. Right, but you assume that it's not hard to figure out how they were doing it before. Yeah. Because they already hit, you know, yeah, I mean, they were running on for ever before that. Yeah, I mean, there are ways to definitely justify that, but it's more of a, a feeling that nothing in any of the movies mattered. Like, in a movie, that it, it, they're like Telltale games, you know? It's the, it, mm. While Telltale deals in the illusion of choice, in retrospect, these felt like they dealt with the illusion of, like, crossover stuff. Like, in Guardians, it's like, oh, we got the stone. And, like, you, they look at the camera and say, Thanos needs this one. And then that whole thing gets resolved off screen. Like, it, by the time Infinity War comes around, every stone that wasn't on Earth, Thanos already got, like, before the movie started. So, like, it didn't matter where a stone ended up, because Thanos just got it uh, with no dip. He no-diffed it. You know, he got no difficulty with that. So that felt he like... He got one stone. It was only one off-screen stone. He also got the one... one stone off-screen. He got the one from the Collector off-screen. Yeah, that... 
Okay, well that's And then he the also movie. destroyed the Nova like, Corps. That was the one I was talking about. That's the one like that was like the one pre Infinity War that he got. He decimated Xandar. Yeah. Um so, And then yeah. they yeah, okay, he got it off screen, but they make it look like he didn't because he did the illusion. So they still kinda yeah. illustrate it. It's, yeah, just, it's oh, just he got it and he can alter reality and that's how they showed it. Yeah, in a can way. I, yeah, Jake. Can I touch on while we're on the point of the movies not necessarily meaning anything? Yeah. Just get my – and then you guys can continue because, Zach, I'm, you guys are going to have more to say than I probably do. I think – and I agree with you. I would say most of them don't mean anything, but I don't see that as a negative for me. I I, I think the idea of doing a – because I was I, – I'll relate to something else. I was – a game came out today uh, – or reviews came out today for a game called Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the developers take a really long time, and there's a good chance that if this game ever finishes, um, who knows. But – no video game has done that I could think of more than a trilogy of connected story because it's really hard to keep people connected for something that takes place over a long period of time. I didn't see Thor The Dark World. It didn't matter. I was able to see Thor 3 and more movies. Some people might complain about that, and I completely get that. But for me, it was it kept it accessible. It kept it saying that for friends who don't care about every single movie and for people who don't care about the MCU, they can come see a movie and talk to me about it. And then we can enjoy the moment. I agree it's not lasting. It's fun for like a day. But then I think that's what makes... And and I know you don't feel that Endgame was memorable. But that's what makes moments like Endgame and Civil War when they all team up so special. To me. I, I understand your point of view. I mean, I get that. I'm not arguing that they're the perfect product ever made. They certainly are. <laughs> because, I mean, like you're... The positive you're saying that none of the movies matter is that you don't need to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's the I, and I get it and like I get it like uh it's not that they didn't it's not that I don't remember them it's that I can't even latch on to the feeling I had and like that's fine but I still need to see it and it I, I still need to see people talk about Endgame twice every other day and I just see it I'm like how like how and it, it, it elevates my feelings well it elevated my feelings to the point where I broke and I looked in the mirror and I said <laughs> I don't actually like these movies <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, I. But I get what you're saying. Endgame, Endgame will always stick with me. Um, I, I, I understand why it couldn't, and I don't quite know what broke you and what made that go away. But I, I, I will always find that movie impressive, especially in a year of two of my other things failing. Um, I, I don't know. I like the movies. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I, I. So, I. Like the villain, like when I say nothing matters, it's not just the little things that they plan to matter. It's kind of an encapsulating vibe. None of the villains ever matter. Like you could argue Loki matters, and sure, Loki matters. But and, and we could say, oh Thanos, but nothing builds towards anything. Like them showing me Thanos in uh in a, in, a, in an after credit scene, and then showing him in another after credit scene. That's not building. That's just reminding me that he exists. And yeah, so, Zach loses his uh, mind. <laughs> before, before Zach goes off, I'm going to make a small comment, then I'll let Zach go on nothing matter. I, I understand the Thanos thing, because you don't need him at the end of those movies. Yeah. You could easily just have the two movies. But I do think that the, the progress of building up all these characters to see them come together and fight was something that was built up and was enjoyable. But sure. that, that is really the only thing that they did that that worked building up. Like, I would say no other part of it did. Like one la just to like kind of figure out my feelings on that specific point. It's called the Infinity Saga. 
but they don't build towards anything. Like they are building hype, like through me and through the audience, they are building hype. They show me the Infinity Stone, I know what that is. They show me another one, I know what that is. But the character arcs, like the, it doesn't build. Like showing me Thanos, it's just building hype. Like he's not affecting the characters. Like the characters don't even know Thanos exists until in, until Infinity War. I guess I guess the Guardians know him, but like they don't know he, he matters. Like, and like I've known about him for ten years. I, 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 it's just it, I think I I think there are some arcs in there that are worthwhile. Um, you said something else that I wanted to touch on. Is it the? But I can't. Did I say it here? or Did I say it in the Snapchat? No, you said it here. You just said it in your last point. They they build hype, I, not they build hype, not um, actual. They show me Thanos yeah. for 10 years constantly. I mean, I, I there are some... I think, like, Iron Man's arc is good. I think Captain America's arc is fine. I, th- I, I think some people have important arcs, but I get your point. Zach, if you'd like to touch on yeah. the nothing, nothing means anything, please go at it. Okay, uh, I'm going to level with you guys here. I'm going to wait till you guys get all your negatives out because then I got, I can, I got something that's going to go for a bit. Okay. So just you just you just flush it all out, Brian. You just keep on going. You get okay. all get all your things out now. Okay. So I say nothing matters, and that's not entirely true. Things matter, but Captain America, his arc, he was just a good yeah. guy forever. And, and like I look at him, I'm like good guy. And yes, he had trouble with the Avengers, but him as a character didn't matter. He clung to his ideals forever, and then he became an old man. And yes, he goes through things, but he goes to Wakanda. And then Wakanda fucking implodes and I don't see him. Like, that's another thing where it doesn't matter. He and Bucky went to Wakanda. I thought everyone went to Wakanda. Like, I thought everyone was hiding in Wakanda. And then they just say, no, not actually. You know what I mean? Like, that. Like remember when they all break out of... Another thing. They all break out of jail at the end of Civil War. And then they just say, actually, everyone's under house arrest now. Where it's just like so, another thing. They just off screen it because they don't want to resolve it. I think, I think this... Now I remember what I wanted to touch on. When you were talking about that... In, in most of the movies, they don't really build to anything. And uh, later on, Zach and I are going to talk about our top 10 MCU movies. And looking at my list, the one the movies I liked are the ones that took more narrative risks and did things. So I think, I think that's a testament to your point is that the ones I did like are the ones that did sign a little different. Yeah, and like another character arc, Iron Man. I mean, he definitely had the most character arc and then they kind of annihilate it somehow. Uh, and don't, not entirely annihilated. It's just like they do a thing, and I'm like, that's really weird. Because it was really his only thing he built towards ever. It was... So he... After they drop a rock on fake Russia, um, or fake Sokovia. Ukraine... Uh, Sokovia. Is Sokovia real? No idea. Okay. So I they drop that is. rock, <laughs> and then people die, and... So in Iron Man, he sees it. I'm like, we should have been held accountable. Like there should have been, he wanted someone to tell him not to do it. Like he, he needed someone to hold the Avengers accountable. So he, he teamed up with the U S government and he broke the Avengers up and it was, and it's like, wow, Tony, Tony believes in like accountability and stuff. And then in far from home, it is revealed that he has built a pair of glasses uh, that can get the private data of any uh, individual and uh, drone strike them from anywhere on the planet. And then he gives them to a 16 year old. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, there's no accountability. Like you built it. You built a, you built a satellite network to drone strike people. It, You're not wrong. About like, that. like why the fuck research. did that happen? <laughs> uh, Sokovia is not real. Yeah. It is made up for Marvel. You can't, um, I feel like can't, a fool. 
you can't drop a meteor <laughs> on a on a real state. You know, like. um, I I do the the thing you mentioned on in relating to that. I think I like Iron Man's arc throughout, though. I think the two most goofed things in the MCU was the Age of Ultron storyline, which I think had potential but failed, which led into the Civil War storyline, which the implications of that should have felt bigger. But yes, you're right. They're kind of resolved off screen, like, which ruins it. But I don't the issue is how that movie and like how I find that interesting. It wouldn't be interesting to a mass audience to watch a movie of superheroes talking like we already got to watch them fight watching a series of conversations, which I would find really interesting, but I don't think it would appeal to the mass audience. Not that that forgives it. But. Again, perfect product. Like uh, again, can I, everything. Can I every- ask why didn't why did you think the Ultron storyline failed? I I think the Ultron. I I'll be on when we get to my list. Ultron is one of my least favorite movies. One, I think it's boring, and I think I, I'll be honest. I I've seen the movie twice. I saw it once like two years ago, so that's the most recent. I can't touch on specific points. I just remember that I don't adding Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver does not work. Those two are yeah. The, 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 I don't know why they're in the movie honestly. And then Ultron, I think he had the potential to be one of the best villains in the MCU and to have him be a long lasting threat. But to have him uh, like most of the issue, most of my issues with a lot of Marvel movies, when the villain is defeated in one thing, it makes it. I, I know, I know what's going to happen. It makes it feel fake. It doesn't make it feel real. And I think, I think that what Tony did in that could have been prolonged and helped create a bigger conflict. But like, yeah, like Tony made Ultron, and it seemed. And this is just, I, I don't know if there's like a, a flaw, but like. He made Ultron, and it was like a dad thing. Like, remember when he's like, I am not like Tony Stark. And they don't really interact after that. Like, they fight, but I don't remember. I don't really remember. Like, I saw it when Endgame was in theater. So, but I do, I agree that, like, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver thing felt a little thrown in. Uh, remember in the post credit scene of Ultron when Thanos grabs the gauntlet and says, guess I gotta do it myself, or something like that? What did he mean by that? I don't remember. Was that in Ultron? I don't yeah, remember what movie that I'm was pretty in. sure he grabbed the gauntlet or something. He's like, if you want something right, you got to do it yourself. I'm like, did you? He said, fine, I'll do it myself. That's what he said. Yeah, like, what the fuck did that mean? Did he make Ultron somehow? Because that seemed uh, to imply no, that he had a hand in Ultron's creation. Technically, no, but the Infinity Stone is what made Ultron. I mean, Tony put him together, but he's powered by the Infinity Like, it took, like, stuff from the Mind Stone. And yeah, but, so it was Infinity Stone related, but yeah, I know it wasn't like directly Thanos. I, I, because he seemed to really talk like as if Ultron failed in something he was trying to do. Because Ultron was the I only mean, conflict in that movie. Brian, do you have any other big points? Are we ready for Zach's uh, barrage? Let me look at my owns. Um, there's so much CG in it in animation, it may as well be Roger Rabbit. Um <laughs> Uh, shit has about as many crossover plot threads as the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour or the Cartoon Network Alien Week. <laughs> I would like to establish that I absolutely love the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour special. A way better trilogy than Avengers 1, 2, and 3, I gotta say. <laughs> All right, Zach, are you ready? Zach is upset. Because, Zach, you go, and then I have a nuclear take that is, like, half trolling, but something I truly believe. You know, I want you to give the nuclear take now. No, I want no, you to give, give it th- now. Okay, I want okay, you to give it right now. Just do it. Just get it all I out. I don't mean to champ. I, I know I come off as this guy now, and I don't mean it. I don't mean to be. I'm just saying that 
So what I'm about to say, Zach, and you're just gonna need to agree with me because you simply you simply can't uh, you simply can't speak on the topic. Uh, if I'm looking at other medium, and I tried, I'm like, what is this? What is this similar to? What I can can I compare it to? Uh, the closest I can compare it to is an anime. Uh, and that's not, I'm just saying, so I'm about to make a comparison and it's not because I'm a fucking loser nerd who only watches anime. It's because the MCU is truly closest to anime other than any other thing that we could be watching. Uh, I'm, the, a simple or just kind of average, uh, anime story like Naruto or one piece is good. Naruto I'd say is pretty good. Naruto is flat out more impressive to me on a narrative scale than MCU is at, than the MCU is at all. For every week, for like 15 years, the author of Naruto put out a chapter. It is a single long th running thread. There are fucking hundreds of characters that matter, and he ties it up in a giant war. And I don't think it's incredible, but as a narrative work, I'm like, man, this is fucking impressive that you're able to do this. And then Avengers comes on, comes along, and because it's a movie. People are like, wow, they're really tying it together. Hawkeye was in Thor. That's crazy. And I'm like, this isn't really important tie-ins. It's, it's them throwing you a fucking bone. You know what I mean? It's them remind, like, the, the biggest tie-in, like, the biggest thing that I truly think that matters outside of an Avengers movie, where the whole point is that they all get together, was Hulk in Ragnarok. Because he's on that plane at the end of Ultron. We don't see him for a fucking while. And then he's on this planet. I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, like that is that is an actual plot thread that mattered to me. But then he can talk for some reason. I don't I don't care. Whatever. He he can talk now for some reason. Don't worry about it. And then he can't yeah, he can talk now for some reason. I don't know. But so that happens. And I think that is a genuine plot moment. But everything else it's just like it's it feels like they're reminding me that this is a shared universe. You know what I mean? Well, Naruto, while not a shared universe, it's a singular story, it is able to set up these things and give closure on them and continue on and then actually end. You know what I mean? Where the MCU will go on until it stops making money. You know what I mean? Like this could have been the end of it, yeah. but they chose not to. Even characters that we saw die, they're not done with them. I'm getting a fucking WandaVision TV show. They're not done with these characters. Even if it's a prequel, they are not done. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like it won't go on. It goes on forever. I can't say, oh, it, it didn't end well because it didn't end. And, and that's, I mean, that's just the nature of comic books in general. Yes, comic books, they, they have, they've gone on for yes. 60 years now. And every time a character dies, they're back a month later. Yes, so. it, it does. Yes, it is. Zach, are you ready? <laughs> are you, you, are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? I, yeah. I'm ready. All right. My computer so. is at a low percent. So I'm texting a family member to bring me a charger. Okay. So I am sitting here waiting. All right. Um, so I've given off the impression that I'm just kind of going to just kind of respond to what Brian says and what you guys say. Uh, like, I'm just defending something. Um, it's a facade. I have an entire document. Um, <laughs> I have listed arguments. I should have known. And <laughs> listed arguments and examples, and I'm ready to just go to work. All right. All right. Uh, all right, let me. I tested this a million times before to make sure this is, works. So we're, I'm going to open up my is notes this now. you want? Do you want us to comment? Like, if I agree, do you want me to say something, or do you just want to go through it all? Jake, you cut out there. You cut out, Jake. Uh, What'd you say, Jake? Do you want me Did to you go say through it all? Um, I'll, I'll like, provide... Do you, do I'll provide all, or do you want me to comment? I'll provide little inter intermissions between each topic I address for you guys to comment. Okay. Seems like the best way to do it. Um, all right. 
Okay, I have assembled some an entire okay. arc arc here of uh, defending the MCU. Avengers assemble. Avengers Indeed. assemble. This is yeah. how I will begin this. All right, strap in. Um, so it first off, MCU. It is the genre. They bring a bunch of characters to the forefront that would not get attention without them. Like you think about what are superheroes. Before 2008, what are superheroes that the, the non-comic book person would know? Batman, Superman, Spider-Man are like the main three, right? And then you would maybe know some from some cartoons like the X-Men and stuff. Um, and, okay, there are some movies before that, but, like, superhero movies didn't become prominent, prominent stuff until the MCU started. Uh, so kind of goes into the product thing. I get that's not, like, a, a backing up their narrative, their narrative chops or whatever. I'm just kind of laying the groundwork here for you. I, um, I do think it is cool how they how they're able to bring in t- characters and teams that people do not know about. I think cool, Guardian... I yeah, I, 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 people don't even know who Iron Man was. I thought that was cool when they made him. Right. Uh, they did, like, a... I read that they did, like, a poll when they were deciding what hero to lead with, and, like, and people didn't even know that Iron Man was a human. They thought yeah. he was just a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're integral to making superheroes cool. Like, my English teacher would talk to me about this in high school, how we are... He, he was, like, a nerdy guy or whatever... And he talked to us about how we are so lucky as a generation, like my friends, to live in a time where it was superheroes were cool. Like he was like made fun of for liking superheroes growing up. Uh, like this is, and now superheroes are just like literally the biggest like property that you can own like in media these days. Um, and I, I'd argue that uh, you, they get more unique as they went along, as they got more like safety with their stuff. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange. Like these are weird type of characters, Rocket Raccoon, like all that. You know, the vision. These aren't people you could put in a movie like 20 years ago and expect it, people, audiences to react fine enough. But now it's like, it's as a culture, we're becoming more okay with weird shit, which is good. It, it gives more creative freedom to people. Um, and before Iron Man, think of the superhero movies that you had. You had Spider-Man 3 and Batman and Robin and Elektra and Daredevil and X-Men Last Stand and Superman 4 Quest for Peace and Halle Berry's Catwoman. I'm going to ignore for my argument spider-man one and two and x x2 and blade which are dope superhero movies before iron man but you get what i mean uh they were pretty lame for the most part like lamer than like dc movies would were like five years ago uh which is like the modern lame um all right so scope is impressive uh i i think 23 movie 23 movies telling different stories that kind of have that like create like I, i get what brian's saying that they don't it's not all one story that leads. Like I get, like it's a shoehorning, shoehorning in. If that, if that, did I say that right. Either way, it's yeah. like kind of, uh, like bringing in characters and like Easter eggs and stuff and fan service. Yeah, um, but it's what it does is it. Well, the main point is what it does. I'd argue that it doesn't have to tell all one story. Like, the main point is that it creates a universe, like an immersive universe that you understand the different places, the different characters, how, how one, uh, event is referenced in another. It just it's world building and it like creates one universe that you're engaged in and then it just gets bigger and bigger as they go more cosmic with shit. Um, and I think it's gonna keep getting bigger with like the multiverse with Doctor Strange and WandaVision, whatever that stuff is. Um, I, I'd say there's uh, there's something to like in each movie. Uh, and like maybe like the movies you can tell in Phase One, they played it a little more safe, but they're like becoming more and more a, a little more like less basic as they go on yeah they're letting and you can still star bold choice <laughs> bold choice yeah i gotta imagine that was a quiet boardroom when that have idea was pitched out but it worked have you heard they're letting a gay person exist 
in the universe. I love that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Put it this way. They're, they're, uh, I think Kevin Feige uh, has been pushing for that for a bit or whatever. It's just Disney that kind of like, you know, it's the Disney overlords, you know. Yeah. But I hope she's a cop. <laughs> with one eye. I mean, that'd be cool. Classic <laughs> Disney style to do it that way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, so the scope of the world, it's, it's, you, they bring comic book movies, a comic book universe to life, and they let it exist in our world or let our world exist in the comic book universe, you know, whichever way you want to look at it. And I think it's an awesome concept that they've executed that with 23 movies to this point, uh, and they're adding shows and stuff. And you have different directors ex- executing different tones, but it all is, like, cohesive. Whereas if you look like... Like, what I mean by that is, like, okay, Spider-Man Homecoming is, like, a breakfast t- club-type high school superhero movie. Guardians of the Galaxy is, like, a space adventure movie. So, uh, Winter Soldier is, like, a political thriller action movie. Uh, like, Avengers is just a comic book movie in the most comic book sense of the word. You know, like, there were very different tones uh but they all they none of it seems like oh that's that doesn't seem like that fits with that movie the only one that feels like a black sheep is incredible hulk and that's because it's a different main actor um but so um moving on from that like x-men you get the x-men franchise you have different directors and there are different tones but none of it is cohesive in any way at all. And it's like the most confusing convoluted mess ever. And there are cool movies within it. If you ignore that stuff, but MCU doesn't really ask you to ignore stuff, you know, like it's all addressed and accounted for. And I think that's impressive. Whereas like X-Men and Harry Potter to a lesser extent with different directors, like over a vast series kind of makes things messy. And this doesn't feel messy and it really should feel messy, but somehow it doesn't. Um, so, um, uh, and it provides, yeah, like I said, the scope, it provides the opportunity for fun callbacks. Like, the, like yeah, it is Easter eggs, but it's fun. Like, okay, like the Guardians, the Galaxy music in Endgame, when, like, they introduced Peter Quill in Endgame, listening to the music that he was listening to at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. That was really fun for me, because, like, that, I love that part, and, I, that, like, I love that callback, and I love that, like, yeah. that movie made me and my friends love that song and me and like brought me back to 2014 when me and my friends were obsessed with that movie when it came out or like in spider-man far from home where like peter is making a new suit and uh john happy john favreau's character turns on acdc the song from like the original iron man uh and like it just makes tom holland like or spider-man peter whatever get really into it like those are cool callbacks and yeah i get it it's not like okay it's not one big cohesive narrative that each movie ties in new but like i think callbacks like that uh are effective because of how well done this 23 movie scope has been and i think yeah uh it's it's probably uh a bit it's not quite as intricate as some would like people would think but like um sorry i got a call but i declined it uh and uh but it's still it feels like uh, one sec. I got off my train of thought because of the call. One sec. Um, either way, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next. Moving on to the next part. My bad. Got a call, so I ro- ruined my sentence there. All right. Any comments so far? Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, and I don't mean to. Basically, every positive you've given me is just my argument that it gives you like dopamine. Like it just hits you with like the okay. it, the but song plays and you point cool? at the screen. <laughs> what is dopamine not cool though? Dopamine I think is that cool. Des- 
but I'm over it. Like, I, How like, could you ever be over dopamine? I'm over this dopamine. Like you, like they're all cohesive because they're they're without vision. Like they're all they're all stuck in the Favreau style god. Like it, I don't. Movie I think feels they've cohesive. all been. Did you not hear what I said? It's all dip, well. It's cohesive, uh, but they're different. Like okay, like they're different types of movies. Yeah, you know, I mean, not really. Whereas X Men is different. Okay, so you're gonna look at me and say Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man are similar types of movies. I mean, they have. In a way, like they have, I wouldn't say they're similar, but they feel the same. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, unfortunately, for both of your arguments, Brian is supported by the fact that I will agree the fatigue is set in with the second half because after, and I'll, I'll talk about it whenever we decide to talk about our lists. I don't know if we're going to do that this episode since this is probably going to keep running very long. Um, but. I think like I Guardians is one of my favorite movies, but I think Guardians is the movie when it was so successful. The MCU said, "Okay, this is what we need to do now," and every movie after that has a very similar tone and feel. And yes, Endgame is the outsider, but yes, that built to something. And I think that 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 tone and that theme is seen even more when you look back on the older movies now. Which, I, I get what Zach's saying. Yes, I, I think Winter Soldier is very different than other movies. I think Thor Ragnarok turns up the comedy. I think uh, Endgame is very different. But I agree with Brian. Overall, you can... Ve- and I think I think it is a positive for me because it keeps them all keeps them all similar. It all does have a very similar like, feel. Their sense of humor is all the same. The sense of humor is action movie with joke elements. And they're all action movies. And they all have their joke elements. Thor Ragnarok, I would classify as probably a comedy, uh, almost over an action movie. Thor, Thor Ragnarok is different. But, I mean, the meme for a, the longest time, and I'm sure it'll continue, is that every, pretty much every first Marvel movie for a character, they fight a clone of themselves. Like, that is, that is a hard template that I feel like must have been put on. Iron Man fights Iron Monger, which is just bigger, bigger Iron Man. Uh, I don't even remember what Thor fought, Skip. <laughs> Loki. Loki. <laughs> he fought Loki was different, yes. But uh Black Panther just fights a Black Panther suit. Uh Ant-Man fights an Ant-Man suit. You know, like it, it's just kind of they have this I can't even remember all the characters. Brian, I have a question for you. Yeah. So if Multiverse of Madness, the sequel to Doctor Strange would have gone with Scott Derrickson's original vision and been a horror movie. Would that have been different enough for you? I have no idea. If it had, like, if it toned down the comedy and if it was, it was, it was like you watch the movie, say this is a scary horror movie. Would that have fixed that issue for you? I mean, I I can't say, but it, let's say New Mutants. Let's look at that and just change everything to fit in the MCU. That'd be different. That's definitely different. Like you look at that, I'm like, oh, okay. this is different. But every MCU movie, it's all basically the same style of joke. There's no weird humor. There's no like. You know what I mean? Like, it's all the same. I'd say the humor got weirder. I mean, you got Iron Man type humor, and then you have, like, Guardians of the Galaxy type cosmic humor. Uh, I mean, you know? it's it's humor about different things, but it's delivered mostly the same. You know okay, what I well, mean? Okay, well, that's just humor in general. I mean, they're no, not going to make a movie. They're not going to make a Judd Apatow look at how a, a couple handles having a baby when they're not together type humor. I mean, I, that's... Not I can't I, I don't have the vocabulary to get into humor theory, so let's move on. <laughs> Comedy comes I, in threes, Brian. Like I these movies to me they feel like there is no vision, and 
There really isn't one. There's the Kevin Feige style guide, but like they all need, like remember the Ant-Man director changed because he wanted to do something different, you know? And so, but then Ant-Man comes out and it's like, okay, we have the, uh, we have the funny guy. He's like a funny guy. He's cool and he's nice. Uh, and we have him fighting the Ant-Man suit. And yes, he had a daughter and yes, he was divorced and yes, there were some things, but at the end of the day, he was kind of just a funny guy, like just like Iron Man, just like I, I you know what I mean? Like it, to, I can't say they're the same movies, but for some reason to me, I look at them now and they're all hollow and they feel with like shells to me in a way. You know what I mean? Zach, do you, do you I, have more points on your list? <laughs> that was one of like six. Um, can I? Oh. Can I get into another point about the vision thing that I just remembered? And it is just about lack of vision. These are all men in a boardroom. They are. There's no risk. Uh, after after they made, after they got past phase one, I'd say there was zero risk involved in anything they did. You could argue that Thor Ragnarok was a risk, but they did that because everyone hates Thor. He's boring. So they're like, okay, do something, do something. Like they're, they're begging, like do something, live. You know what I mean? Like a kid, like moving a dead animal, like wake up. Uh, and they did it with Thor and it worked. Um, but the Iron Man death scene, I saw the behind the scenes images and I'm like, this is horrific. Where most of it's CG. And they said, it's like, oh, we didn't really know what we wanted to do with it. And I'm like, they, they fixed the main character's death in post. Like there is no vision. Like the directors are like, Let's look at this, that's, but like... Well, that's not like, oh, do we kill him or not? It's how would snapping the glove make you look? Well, it was, it was yes, but like, that's weird, right? Like, they couldn't even envision it. Okay, but if I didn't notice that during the movie, then does it matter? Why do I have to look at behind the scenes and be like, wait a minute, now I think it's a shell, even though I didn't really think about it while I'm watching it? Well, it's just making more things click for me, where it's like, oh, I guess this is all kind of like... It's all put together in this way where I'm like, there is nothing. And I truly feel nothing. It's not that I saw that and I decided I can't feel. It's that one day I just got to a point where I'm like, I can't eat. Well, one po- For a while, like I remember two weeks, two months ago or a month ago, my roommate was like, oh yeah, I watched the opening night reactions to him getting the hammer and I, and I was like crying. I'm like, huh. I don't think I've once gone back and watched that scene. You know, and a bunch of other... St- I'm watching scenes all the time of the most mundane shit from other shows. Sometimes I watch Walter die, and I'm like, oh, he's dead. And it's sad. But for some reason, Endgame, I'm like, I don't look at it. I, I do not see it. Like, again, it just feels like it was all catharsis with no tharsis. You know what I mean? Is that the word? <laughs> Is that the MF word? That works. I, like, in Infinity War, I felt nothing when they died. Was it sad to see a kid feel bad? Yes. My fucking, my monkey brain saw a sad child and I said, that sucks. But I knew they were coming back. I'm like, not a single person that died in this film outside Gamora. And she still came back. Like, they're, they're all coming back. They're not done. Like, I saw that and I felt nothing. Because I knew it was made in a boardroom. I knew it was going to keep going until I fucking die. And I felt nothing. So I guess this has been happening I, since Infinity War, I guess. I can I can understand the Infinity War issue. I had the same issue coming out of the movie. I still love the movie, but I was like, yeah. Like ultimately yeah, me too. I don't care I don't care what this movie did until I see Endgame. But the thing that like 
holds up Infinity for War for me. First, it's the first time we get certain interaction between characters. And two, Thanos is an incredible villain, in my opinion. I think Josh Brolin's performance is very good. That's why that movie personally holds up for me. But yeah, I, Zach, do you do Zach, you want to continue yeah. your point since we're already like an hour into the podcast and I don't know. Hey guys, I'm gonna... I don't You guys know that scene from Onward where the, it's the rope and it falls off? Uh, I've been sitting over here for like 30 minutes. I'm like I never hit record on the backup. So <laughs> So I'm just saying, uh, are you guys still recording? Don't hit anything, but just make I mean, it, I'm, still, okay. I'm still going. Cooking. Okay, it's good. Going. Just making sure. I'm at an hour and 9 right now. So Yeah, okay, cool. So um, Zach, let's continue. All right, I'm a. We're gonna have to minimize. You know, I think we realize for pacing, we're gonna have to minimize the in between the in betweens, and then at the end, you guys yeah. give your. I, yeah, I say just run yeah. through it quickly. All right, uh, actors. Uh, I think it's cool to see like actors you wouldn't necessarily see and stuff like this, uh, because you know they're like Oscar type people in serious stuff for the most part. And then you get to see him like in a comic book universe, and that's really fun. And just a couple quick examples. I love that Bradley Cooper is a raccoon, or r- raccoon. I don't know why I said raccoon. A raccoon. You've been saying it for a while. I'm like, I don't know how. Did I really? It's a Midwestern uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I heard someone else say it like that. Jake Gyllenhaal, Michael Keaton, and like Kate Blanchett and Kurt Russell are all cool villains. But then, like even more so, you have actors that are like in exactly the roles you'd expect them to be in, and they just like thrive in it. Like Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury is like just so watchable. And like I love James Spader's like like he's got like a chilly like icy voice with Ultron and like Paul Rudd and Chris Pratt are like so like charismatic in their roles and like they're just fun to watch. All right, so that was my actors one. Moving on to the next one. Uh, now this is gonna address stuff you were talking about, Brian. Arcs. I think this, they do give us cool movie long arcs. Like okay, Natasha, off, uh, like beforehand, and we're gonna see we'd see it more with Black Widow. Use something goes from an assassin with like uh, red on her ledger, quote unquote, as she said, to a hired agent at Shield to an Avenger, to a literal savior of the universe, all in the course of those movies. I think that's cool. Um, you know, she's... Yeah. That's growth, I think. Uh, I I like how Tony... Tony is a selfish guy in Iron Man, and over the course of the movies where he learns from his mistakes, yeah, I get the Far From Home glasses thing. I think that was stupid, too. But in general, Tony's arc uh, goes... He goes from being selfish... To at the very end, sacrificing himself for the entire universe, selfless. Um, whereas Steve, his whole thing, like Captain America, his whole thing is uh, putting yourself down for everyone else to slowly starting to make decisions for himself, like Civil War. Uh, he chose Bucky uh, over the Avengers and over the government. Yeah, I get he, he didn't agree with his ideals, well, uh, but that's not, that's not him putting himself on the line to protect, uh, like... You know, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna jump on the grenade for everyone. That's this is his friend, and he's gonna defend his friend from the government from America. Um, and then but at it, the but end, it, and, and end game, he literally he he okay, you could he could he's still Captain America. He can go still be Captain America after the events of Endgame, but he's just like, I think I'm okay being done now. I'm gonna go do what I want to do, and you can you guys are just I'm just that's what I'm gonna do. Someone else can be Captain America. I'm done putting myself on the line for everyone. I'm going to go live a life. That's, I think I like how they, over the course of their movies, they, they butted heads a lot because of those two different ideologies and they kind of mix and match and then kind of end up on opposite ends, uh, in ways that I thought made sense given their entire arc. So that's like my, 
I, I just quick, I disagree with the Civil War thing because he was mostly just ideologically opposed that he wouldn't be able to decide how many people he could die for. Like his whole thing was like, no, like you can't do that. Like I need to decide. Like we need to be able to save everybody. Like we can't listen to the government tell us who to save. So that was the same. And you know, okay, continue. I'll talk about other stuff there after. All right. Uh, I like Banner and Hulk's. Well, to a lesser extent, they got a little bit of an arc and like how they're like it's two different identities within him, and you see that, and he like learns to control it. Incredible Hulk and Avengers. And then Ultron, he kind of loses control of it a bit because of Scarlet Witch and then ends up be- having to leave because of it. He ex- self-exiles himself and ends up in Ragnarok where it's so fully different, let go of himself, that Hulk pretty much took over. Um, and then you have them kind of battling it out in Infinity War a bit. And then in Endgame, he kind of finally mer- found, found a way to perfectly merge those two identities within himself. I think that's an arc over movies between like two different characters or pretty much one character. I think you're yeah. kind of right. Yeah, I mean, um, one win for Zach. Yeah, I mean, I can't deny that those things did happen. Um, <laughs> I don't get to Nebula. see him grapple with fusing himself with Hulk. <laughs> they just off-screen it, like everything else. But it does. It happen. does happen. You know, it does happen. Uh, but the exact thing. You're right. Nebula goes from like the abused and sadistic robot assassin to like rogue intergalactic criminal and like guardians to looking for revenge. And then she's a sister and part of the family. And then she's also like a savior of the universe by the end of it. I think all these things, I mean, and then you have another arc with Loki, like there are arcs like that. Uh, and I think I, what, I, what I would say is you have a lot of redemption arcs. I think the one thing they have yet to do that I hope I I'm hoping they do with Dr. Strange uh, is have kind of the opposite with Scarlet Witch I heard there's a rumor that she's the bad guy in a multiverse of madness. That'd be cool to watch it go the other way. Yeah. Uh, so that I would like that, but I, I do think they have a lot of like cool arcs there. Um, moving on to another point. Uh, I think these movies have more dramatic value than people give them credit for. Uh, yeah, they can be like entertaining and funny and stuff, but they also have, like, like can address like social stuff and like serious issue issues. Like obviously you have black Panther with the race inequality and how it can create, like that anger and people that can like create uh, like animosity and stuff. And that's what like Killmonger represented. Um, and that villain ended up, even though his method was like going to be brutal and like black Panther T'Challa had to stop him. It does end up changing T'Challa for the better because he opens Wakanda up after seeing what his lack of action could do. Um, I think the ethics of like corporate participation and greed, like the Iron Man movies and to a lesser extent, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Homecoming, like what they do to like lower people like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like they're just so whatever about what they did to this girl and made her like almost like, I don't know if you guys saw that one. She was like, where she's like holographic. I thought she was a really cool villain. Um, she was one of the better ones. Not yeah. one of my favorites, but she was serviceable. Ghost. Yeah. I like her. Uh, Michael Keaton pretty much. He's, he's the little man and got, working class hero got burnt out by Stark Industries over something that he really should not have been burnt out of. Um, and he's just trying to feed, like protect his family, even though he gets like, he's willing to kill a 16 year old kid to do it. Um, but I think that's, you got, you address things there. Uh, the cost of like trying to protect the world too much, like paranoia, you get that with Iron Man and like age of Ultron, uh, and like how he created Ultron. And like, it's that fear. Uh, and I think they address that more in civil war with the guilt um, and the government sub- subordinates that like you have with him and dealing with collateral damage from all these things 
and you have PTSD with him in Iron Man 3. Like, there are, like, serious things here that are addressed that are, like, for the most part, addressed pretty well. Uh, you got, I mean, you don't have, a woman doesn't have to prove herself to, like, I mean, I'm saying what should be obvious things, but, like, I guess in the superhero genre hadn't really been declared yet. A woman shouldn't have to prove herself beyond expectations to have a place, like, in Captain Marvel when she's, where like, finally at the end, like, the guy who'd been her superior the whole movie is like, oh, I'm proud of you, now, like, show me that you can beat me, uh, like, just straight up, and then she just, like, shoots him with her, like, photon blast or whatever, because she's like, I don't, why would I have to do that? Like, I don't, I don't have to do that. Okay. Um, I, so, I, I think that, that affected a lot of, uh, people really positively. Um, I think it has a lot of emotional hooks that don't get credit for. I, like, I think a Winter Soldier, just the whole idea in that movie, the character study, that Steve feels out of place, and, like, he's expected to be this hero in this world that he doesn't recognize, all his friends are dead, obviously. Uh, he doesn't know what he's fighting for anymore, so he even considers retiring. And then he finally gets one piece of his past that's still in his life, Bucky, and that's why he'll do anything to try and defend that because that's the one piece that he still has left And because like, Peggy's an old woman and she's like dying and shit. Um, I think that's really emotional stuff. Um, there's a part in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I always love to bring this up. So Mantis can feel people's feelings. Um... And Drax is, like, always such, like, a, he doesn't, like, get sad or a lot of, and Guardians 2, he's a comic relief character. He's funny, and he's, you know, he's, he's there to make you laugh. And then there's a part where he's just, like, so, like, stoic and calm and, like, kind of just peaceful looking, talking about how his, like, wife, talking about how he misses, uh, he used to, like, play in a pond or something with his wife and daughter or something, and then Mantis just, like, touches him and immediately starts bawling, because, like, like, I think that's a cool development for Drax. Like, like okay, he is funny, but under all this, he's just really sad. Like, I love moments like that. Um, Scott and Cat, like, even just even going forward, Steven, Natasha, and Endgame, Scott and Cassie in Endgame, like, when he gets reunited with his daughter after he comes back and she thought he was dead, uh, and, like, everything in Endgame for me, honestly. But um, And then you have, like, the relationships. I think Tony and Steve's relationship, um, I think that's that's interesting stuff, even though maybe got a little bit addressed too quickly in Endgame, though I did like that Tony blew up on him at the beginning because um, he needed him there and he wasn't there. Uh, Steven Bucky a bit, though that kind of got washed over a bit too much in Endgame, I think. I agree. Um, and then, like, Peter and Gamora, I love I love that relationship, even though, like, them becoming a couple happens off screen in between Guardians 2 and Infinity War. It's really believable because, like, there was everything leading up to that moment. And then when, like, they lose each other, it's pretty sad. And then you have to deal with her being, like, a version of her that didn't fall in love with them again. I think that'll be really interesting to explore, uh, like, in Guardians 3, whenever they address that. Um, where am I in my argument here? Uh, yeah, so that's that's what I would have for, like, the dramatic value and stuff. Comments right there before I move on to the next couple, which should be shorter. Well, the next couple. Uh, I was going to talk about just awesome moments, and then I have some quotes from from friends that I asked okay. what they thought of the MCU. I think that a lot of your develop I, I, I no character development that was wrong with me. There's I just mean there's like no character development that matters outside the first movie. Like Iron Man has been a good guy since he got out of the cave. Uh, and yeah, we can be like, oh, what else is it like? Oh, look at how good he is. Like, look at he's he's building uh, infinite power for communities. But is he? I mean, but, he wants to be good, but like, is all of his stuff good? Like, Ultron, yeah. not good. That was I mean, he what wants a villain type of I mean, move. I mean, well, yeah, like, I think most never, of us want to be good. We make mistakes, though. 
no, he he wants to be good. He learns that he needs to be responsible, and he does eventually claim that he needs that he doesn't know everything. Uh, but that's just completely thrown out, like entirely. Uh, like, how many times did he blow up the suits? I feel like he did it like three times. He did uh, it at the end of Iron Man three. He said, and then they all came done. back. They entirely came back. Like it didn't matter. His PTSD didn't matter. It, it was all nothing. It, it just it felt hollow. It rang hollow. Like that's what I meant. Like it, they're so good at making me feel like something matters, but in the end, it didn't. Not to me, anyways. Like his his whole PTSD thing thrown out. He destroyed the suits. And the, destroying the suits was such a big, symbolic moment. But he still had a billion of them, I guess, or he just rebuilt them. And they just they gloss over it. It doesn't matter. And I, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, no matter how many or how many cool things happen and all that stuff, like, I won't deny that cool things happened. I mean... I think Captain. I think Winter Soldier's good. I think the Guardians movies are good, but they don't really add anything to me, to the MCU for me. I'm trying to say that the MCU is hollow to me. Um, I guess they don't add. Like, yes, the cool things happen, but they're not cool to me anymore. Like I, they've I they've this- they've lost their luster because they're built on things that I don't think hold up. What were you saying, Jake? I I think this has been healthy for you, Brian. I think it's been good to get this all out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know what happened, really. I mean, all these... I thought Endgame was right up my alley when it came out. I'm like, oh, I like this because it was weird. I mean... You know what I mean? Like, I thought it... I I enjoyed the five-year time skip, not because... Even at the time, it wasn't because it mattered. It was because I'm like, oh, this is weird. But then I realized... the weird appeal doesn't work when I don't care about anything else. I mentioned in our conversation on Saturday, um, and this is aside from why your uh, feelings have dropped off, but it's hard to deny that if you've been even 2% invested in this universe, it's hard not to get swept up in what was going on at the moment. I mean, everyone in the theater is having so much fun. The moments are undeniably cool in the moment. The five-year time jump, even though we don't know if it will matter it was undeniably like wow they did this this is different yeah um, the adrenaline so all of that was cool like yeah all i was right, like, yeah Do yeah i read uh i uh, we're at like an hour 20 you could read your awesome moments if you want but i would read the the what your friends wrote in i think that'll be fun all right yeah just really quick just the awesome moments like just what a comic book movie should do at its core is like provide you with a lot of like that was cool moments because that's what people want for the mo- that's the obviously there's a lot of other reasons people read comic books but at its center that's what it is it's escapism so you want a lot of like wow that was cool moments and like for the most part each movie has those like okay i am iron man you he says that in the original iron man and, and, and endgame endgame's the more noble one now but ending the movie with like him just being like telling the world what his alter ego is like that was like not a superhero thing before that and that was really cool, and it goes right into the Black Sabbath song, Iron Man. That's, like, dope as hell. Um, like, that still gets me amped. Um, the elevator scene in Cat 2 is ridiculously cool. The Guardians movie music moments, like, the way they just use music in those movies to create feelings, like, at the, like, it's just so fun at the beginning with, like, Come Get Your Love and then Hooked on a Feeling, and then Emotional Later with Ain't No Mountain High Enough because it's, like, the first tape on the second thing that he got from his mom. Uh, and then in the second one, when they played, like, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac, when he, like, finally, like, 
unleashes his powers on his dad to save all his friends. I think that stuff's cool. Like, those are cool moments. Cap holding the helicopter in Civil War. Like, what are you the god of again in Ragnarok? That's what she says to him. And then he just comes down there with all that lightning with the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Uh, T'Challa being like, I'm not dead. Walking over the, like, the helicopter or the plane or whatever in Wakanda and Black Panther. And then, like, all the moments in Endgame, obviously, with Cap with the, with the hammer. Like, and then, obviously, Avengers Assemble. Like, all, the, all those cool things. Like, it's, it's just awesome moments. Like, yeah, like you're saying, it's dopamine or whatever. But, like, getting caught up in that moment with everyone around you is, like, feeling that energy that they created. Uh, I think that does have value. I don't think that's easily done. Like, I've never seen any... If it was easily done, why haven't I seen that type of energy done by anything else before? Like, that was just... That was the first time I've ever felt like that, like that in a theater, and I doubt I'll ever feel that way again. Um, and like I, I get what Toby was saying. I do have a quote in here from Toby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I went behind your back and got your roommates. Quote. He called me uh, dumb. He called me dumb in this. I, I got pissed about that. <laughs> I, I'm sure he was pretty triggered, and he was telling me kind of he's like, yeah, Brian. Brian likes to be controversial, doesn't he? I was like, yep. <laughs> I guess he does. Uh, I do not. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Uh, I don't think. You okay, can. last Jedi lover, rise of Skywalker not, hater. That should not be. That should not be controversial. Neither I'm should this one. Be. They're films for babies. <laughs> <laughs> I, Zach, I really wish we could. I really wish we could end the episode on that. <laughs> Zach, Zach, All right, Zach. Zach I'm not going to do this one because I don't feel it. But it was like a thing I had. I thought I'm like, man, if I really just wanted to be like the biggest asshole in the world, I could say this. It was uh these movies barely qualify as art, and as someone selling to movies, you should be fucking embarrassed you fell for it. You have to name this episode Movies for Babies. <laughs> Zach, I don't get the feel clicks. that. That'll get the I don't think that. Uh, all right, yeah, just to wrap up my argument before I go into the quotes. Uh, they, they can be fun uh, and share comic book movie moments to share with friends and family. It's escapism. I love that. It's why, like, that's why I fell in love with Star Wars before they ripped my heart out and like made me question why I like movies in the first place with Rise he of liked Skywalker. That he liked that one. Yeah. He loved it. He loved, Toby loved Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, he loved it. He like really liked it and he, like, he kind of like didn't like that we didn't like it. That's a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> Think of who you ally yourself with, Zach. <laughs> That's what I say to everyone. When someone agrees with Adam, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure where you're <laughs> you're allowing yourself with Adam's opinion now? Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, Zach, I'll yeah, say okay. this metaphorically. While you were having an existential crisis, while you were questioning your faith in life, entertainment, Toby was basically on the sidelines cheering it on. I literally <laughs> cried. I went home and I went home and could not sleep and I cried. After really? Rise of Skywalker. You never it hit told me that, that hard. I'm sorry. Uh, it hit oh, me. Wow. It made me quite because it was everything. It was like literally like, do I? I know it's so dramatic now, but it literally was like, do I? Why do I like movies? Why did that? Why did I put all my energy in the past year into this fucking movie? And then it just it literally told me that all the movies that came before it don't matter, and I'm a loser. That's what that movie did to me. <laughs> um, See, I that saw movie cats felt, after that, and I was thrilled. I just I like back. I like cats more than Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> Oh God! What that movie? Uh, never. Yeah. Now I'm in a bad Any mood. Any more right. quotes? MCU movie. Yeah. Any more quotes? I haven't begun the quotes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into them. We're like at an hour twenty-five. All right, all right. Wrap up my argument. They bring real-world issues sometimes into a comic book universe, and vice versa. I think that's cool. Um, and like, who cares if a boardroom came up with it? Like, if it makes us feel a certain way, then that we like feeling that way. That's 
cool. Boardroom came up with candy. I like candy. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to hold it against it because it was taste tested and made sure that it doesn't, it's risk. It, oh, is this candy bar risky enough? No, but, but it tastes great. So, but it's not real food. <laughs> That's funny, oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you kind of like. <laughs> I like candy. I like candy. All right, either way, quotes. All right. Uh, I actually have so many quotes. I'm gonna have to skip some of them. Um, but I got I got quotes from like eight people. I'll go to the ones we know. Uh, first, I'll start with uh, my brother's friend Sean. Though, I uh, said each MCU movie is able to combine heart, humor, and amazing action sequences. And by watching these characters exist across so many movies, they start to feel like real people. And that's why it hits fans so hard when they, like Tony died in Endgame. Um, got one from Emma, our, our M- MUTV yeah. friend Emma. Shout out to um, Emma. Yeah, I think the reason I like it so much was how I was able to connect with it and connect with other fans, even though I got into it way late in my life. A lot of people I know have loved it, liked it their whole life. And I didn't get into it till late 2018, yet I was still so quickly immersed with it and loved it so much and could connect with it everyone who also loved it so it's a communal aspect for her so like that's that's cool um um all right um this is from my roommate jake they're great i'm just gonna kind of summarize some of these quotes they're great heroes for kids and i remember back in seventh grade watching captain america and being blown away at how awesome i thought the movie was superhero movies weren't good back then and then having like the adventure trailer post and credits gave me a movie i had I had never thought would exist, and that's why I was excited for it. Um, and they for take twenty three. He was a kid. <laughs> well, reading that quote, I could just, I could feel the ball being set up to be spiked right back in Zach's face. You like Shazam? I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> who likes Shazam? Don't you love Shazam? That's like the most kid. I think it's a fine movie. I laughed a few times. He liked it more than Captain Marvel because he hates women. Don't get confused. (laughs) That's what it was. That's what I was thinking of. You got me. That was it. All right. I'm going to... My roommate Joel said it has many uh, Jack shirtless dudes. Yeah. Love that. I'm not denying they made me horny. I want to touch on the women point. (laughs) This movie's made for two people. Babies and boys. No girls. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean. <laughs> okay, Zach, continue. Sorry. All right. Uh, I got I got three long last ones I'm going to read in their entirety that I'm done. All right? Okay. So the end is in sight for you. But hey, these this, were is two... listener, this is listener engagement. This is good. Right. This is good. This is too, there was too much effort put into these last three for me to paraphrase it. It would feel like an insult to them for me to do so. Um so this one's from Toby, Brian's roommate. Okay. Um, yeah. Since 2008, the MCU has been a source of joy and happiness for countless people. At 10 years old, I was introduced to Iron Man, and in 12 years since then, I've grown up alongside him and many other epic characters. They may not be seen as the most sophisticated movies, but that's okay because that's not their purpose. They exist to allow people of all ages to es- escape their everyday lives and put themselves in the shoes of people with incredible abilities, and they do a fantastic job of accomplishing that feeling. So that's the escapism aspect of it. I think, I think they accomplished that. So I mean, those are fun. I enjoy that feeling. I would agree with Toby, and I'd also like to escape the rumor that I liked Shazam. It was number <laughs> thir- <laughs> it was number thirty nine. It's too late. The fifty two movies Nick- I saw. Nicknames <laughs> nicknames stick, and everyone knows you now is Jake who likes Shazam. Like <laughs> that that nickname stick. Mr. Shazam. That's all Toby said. Yeah, uh, 
this one this one's long this one's from my brother um all right all right okay yes the fucking contributor yeah he's the benefactor (laughs) yeah he did make the logo all right why do i love the mcu i love the mcu because it has provided pop culture with countless hours worth of heart enjoyable comedy action and damn good fun the MCU, though not perfect, gets comic book mo- comic books and the joy they provide through escapism and wonderment that far too often is lacking in our world. They provide us with an opportunity to believe that sometimes good versus evil and the values we grew up with is plausible, and they present it with relationships that we care about because we've been through the hardships and victories with each hero and villain. We're present for every up and down, every squabble and every win. Too many characters are... Uh, perfectly cast and oozing with charisma and you can't look away each quip each quip is often perfectly timed the fight scenes are well choreographed for the most part and their biggest misses are bigger hits than so many others who attempt to follow the franchise footsteps it's a dc stab there uh the movies have created believable scenes that i dreamed of and imagined growing up they're exactly what I want from superhero movies. I grew up playing superheroes with friends at recess and kindergarten, and then the MCU puts to light what my imagination attempted during those days. You know, Zach, you keep saying these are long, but after like your bullet, like after your list, like these are, <laughs> I, I was worried. These are fine. Keep going. <laughs> All right, last one, and I decided to end with this one because it kind of directly addresses what you said, Brian. Because yeah. she, my friend Allie read your tweets and then responded. Um, she goes... Should have added me. But... <laughs> I read part of his tweet or thread, referring to you, Brian, uh, or whatever, and I kind of see his point. I have my thoughts and opinions on Disney and Because you only kind of read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking tweet. There's, there's like three of them. They're short. How could you only read some of them? <laughs> Okay, continue. Can, can I continue? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was funny. All right, uh, I have my thoughts and opinions on Disney and big corporations in the industry, but also who gives a fuck if it's created on a whiteboard, and they strategically try to manipulate our emotions. And he, she said that with a question mark. I read that wrong. Like, who cares that they try to tr- strategically manipulate our emotions? Those feelings are still real. I cheered when Spider-Man came back to life. I shed a tear when Iron Man died, and that was real. Some. Something that's hollow to one person is meaningful to another. Who are we to put um, a box around art? Sometimes you enjoy something and that's all there is to it. And then she put like a little shrugging emoji that she she did, but not the actual shrugging emoji, but like ones with like, I'm sure you've seen it with the parentheses and the dash and stuff. Oh, that shit. Did someone, I, I think I saw someone do that to me. I think Toby did that. I hate that one. I, I, I hate the shrugging emoji. I hate the emote, like the, I hate the shrugging about. I hate LOL. These hate are the two LOL? most passive. Like when someone hits me with that LOL. Like Toby when he said that's kind of dumb LOL after like his long thing. I hate the LOL as like as like a passive fuck you. Dry bloodlust me, Zach. See, you should never have told me that because now it's added to the arsenal. Whenever Zach, I, Zach, I don't think you understand. Like, it is not a bit. I will like I, I like your your points will go down. <laughs> Are, are we done on MCU talk? One last thing. I just want to clarify to everybody out there, to all these people that feel so fucking attacked, I'm sorry I didn't like your movies. Zach, you don't need to feel bad for me that I don't love Endgame with my entire heart. I do feel the, bad for you because you don't get to have that feeling that me and Toby have, have when we, we watched that opening night. I mean, we I have it elsewhere. I don't know if it's possible, Brian. I just it don't. is. And let me tell you. I think a reason, like a thing that I've been coming around to, like realizing something about myself before this, 
is that I am big on auteurship. Like in movies or something or TV, I am very sensitive to changes in writing. Like I watch The Flash. I'm like, oh, this was directed by someone different. Like I feel it. It's like a disturbance in the fucking force. And it sucks. Which is why I can't enjoy a lot of TV. It's why I can't enjoy movies made by big groups. Well, I can't enjoy big... It's why some TV doesn't work for me. It's why some comic books don't work for me. But something that I found in recent months is I'm like, oh, the reason I like a lot of this anime or manga is because it's pretty much one dude saying, I'm going to sacrifice my life force and then writing it and drawing it every week until it's over or he dies. And I'm like, I look at that. I'm like, this is like one guy and his editors and his drawing assistants. And I'm like, this is like one vision. It is one idea and it is consistent. You know what I mean? So like, I look at that. I'm like, this is vision. Like this is something that I can look at and I know why it's the way it is. I mean, you can, so I can appreciate that stuff. Like I love Tarantino shit. That's auteurship. Uh, I mean, I think I love distinct qualities and stuff and I get what you're saying. But I think when you look at the final, I mean, I'm fine separating art from artists, you know, like I'm going to listen to Billie Jean. I don't care that Michael Jackson molested that kid when I listen to Billie Jean, uh, you know, like it's art from artists. Hot take. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, but I don't, he mean, shouldn't do that, but you, it, it, put it this way. It doesn't mean that I listen to Billie Jean and be like, this is somehow worse because Michael Jackson did shitty stuff after. I'm not well, defending. Obviously, I'm not defending child molestation. That's shitty. Uh, I'm saying I don't I can separate art from artist. And be I like, too. I mean, no, you know, like, like, so if you told me, if you told me that one person wrote and edited and produced Thor Ragnarok, I, I would be like, awesome, cool. But I mean, it doesn't make me like well, it anymore. No, or less. I mean, the boardroom I mean, shit doesn't make me like it less. It, it didn't make me like it less at the time. I accepted it. But what I said earlier, like you probably, we've gone through a lot, but it's that these movies now lack something that they could not recreate in a boardroom. Like I look at them and I'm like, I feel hollow because, and I think that's because they had no vision. There was no, like in my eyes, there was no big idea. There was no singular focus. You know what I mean? So it's not me saying, Oh, this was made by a corporation. It sucks. It's me saying that like, I think because this was made by a corporation, it has lost something for me because not because it is a corporation, but because they could not do it. Does that make sense? It, it's like, it's like oh, if Michael Jackson wrote a song about like how he's not a child molester, and then it's like, well, he's bad at writing this song because he just can't come at it from that perspective because he is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't relate, Michael Jack. <laughs> you you guys don't molest kids. Can never be me. <laughs> so I guess, and you know what, everyone enjoy your movie. I don't think you're done for liking it. I wrote that thing at Zach. I I, I wrote that fucking brutal thing, to Zach, because I'm like, what's the worst thing I could think of? I didn't actually think that. Like, if you guys like your if you guys like your films, like your films, but. All I'm hearing is our movie for next week is Endgame, right? That's what we're watching. Talking I'm not about. getting Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I was talking um, to watch it anyway. Yes. Moving to recommendations. Uh, who wants to start? <laughs> I'll start because uh, I actually have one. Um, the MCU is a series of 23 movies. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Good. Uh, Ingrid Goes West is a movie that was recommended by my brother, and then because uh, he watched it this week, and. Then I watched it, and it's, like, on Hulu, I think. And it's, like, a kind of a dark 
comedy with Aubrey Plaza, and it kind of takes a look at like modern like social media society and like chasing clout and that stuff. And it kind of reminded me of like a female modern day version of the Joker that actually hits its targets more. Um, Joker-fied. So that's how it's comedy still. Like it's funny, but also dark. Uh, I, I don't know. It's really weird and distinct type of tone. And Aubrey Plaza is great. It's got also got Elizabeth Olsen and like O'Shea Jackson Jr. I think is his name, like Ice Cube's son. And he's like a Batman obsessed uh, want to be screenwriter in that movie, and I, I've never related more to a character that I've seen ever in my life. Um, so I would rec- my recommendation is Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Very, it's really short, and I think you guys would like okay. it. Okay. Uh, fuck. Uh, I mean, I have Here an idea. I, I I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. Okay. Uh, I read a manga. I talked about Chainsaw Man a while ago. I th- how I think it's a. Uh, fucking somehow a masterpiece i've convinced myself it is i read his previous work fire punch uh it's really weird and like kind of grotesque and very strange and upsetting uh and there was a the, spoilers for fire punch i thought this was really weird uh the villain it takes place in a in an ice age like a new ice age so the world ended um and the villain wants to take the energy from all the other planets and make the earth warmer and she wants to do this because um, the 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 rise of Skywalker got canceled mid development, and she never got to see it. And it's played very straight. And that sounds awesome. I would love that. It's it was it's they play it completely straight, and they don't. She doesn't yeah, know how like lucky if only she has you knew. it. Uh, but it was just very, I would take that. I would take that reality. I read that page. I read it at the end of the chapter and tears welled up in my eyes. Cause I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I was, I was, I was like a child when they don't understand why something's happening. I was confused and scared. Uh, like a guttural reaction triggered in me when I read that she wanted to see the new star Wars movie and she was going to rebuild society to the exact point culturally uh, so they could release Star Wars. And uh, I made me cry, folks. Fire Punch, don't read it. <laughs> Do not. Is, I suppose is it, is so. Is it my turn? <laughs> or am I going? Um, <laughs> I'm going to give... Because uh, maybe someone doesn't want to watch a TV show. So I'm going to give a recommendation in each medium <laughs> very shortly. Um, if you want to read a book, uh, The Memory Police, it is a... Uh, novel originally written by uh yoko ogawa it was translated to english last year uh and it's very good it's about uh these people they live on an island that's isolated from the rest of the world and slowly the uh this group called the memory police remove items from the island and when they're removed from the island they also are removed from your memory um it's it's not written like most English dystopian novels would be where it builds to this big thing at the end where there's a battle. It's very low-key. It's mostly about the this this woman and this old man in the community, what happens to them. Uh, it's very good. Um, music. I went back and listened to Pusha T's 2016 album. What, what's the name? That slaps. It's so good. Um, the album name is... Uh, King Push, Darkest Before Dawn, The Prelude. I had listened to it before, but I never gave it its full amount of time. And oh my goodness, it's incredible. All of it is phenomenal. Um, Go listen to that. Uh, If you want to watch a movie, um, I watched Enemy last night uh, for the first time. It's uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Uh, It's, I think it was after Prisoners, before Arrival. 
Wow. Uh, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. It's only 90 minutes long. He's a professor. He watches a movie and sees himself in the movie, and he goes to find this other version of himself. Uh, it's a very confusing movie. Its last scene slash shot is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Um, it's slow in the beginning. I, I think it's worth watching. Um, it has a lot of hidden meaning, so if you're up if you like watching videos about movies and reading articles about movies after you watch something, go watch this. Um, yeah, those are my, those are your, your options. So you can go read the memory, please. You can go watch, uh, enemy. Uh, if you want a TV show, just keep devs is still. Yo, go watch devs. Yo, Jake, I I looked it up. I looked up enemy ending shot. Uh, don't like it. Not, not, that is pretty scary. That is, that is rough. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, don't if you don't do what Brian does if you have any interest in this movie oh, I am. because it, I might have seen yeah, the shot because I might have seen the shot because sometimes I read list, list like scariest moments in movies and I remember seeing a <laughs> shot from that movie and I almost jumped out of my skin looking at it. Well, I don't want to know the context, watch, but I, I, yeah, it's not what I expected. <laughs> yeah, um, and then this isn't really a recommendation, but if anyone's listening to this. Um, and you plan on or want someone to play Final Fantasy VII? I don't know if I should get it. So DM me on DM me on Twitter or whatever, and send J- let me know. Send if I Jake get this a game. sixty. You know, send him a sixty dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be great. Uh, my Venmo is I think Jake dash Mosier dash four maybe. So send me sixty bucks. Uh, I'll I don't know get write you a shout out. Maybe content Q premium. Content Q premium. Content Q premium. Yeah, I'll give you access to it. I can't promise you what. My OnlyFans is ten dollars. You like? Do you like Content Cube? <laughs> then you'll love Content Cube Live. <laughs> All right, are we good? <laughs> My <laughs> skull feels it like it's gonna yeah, split. We're good. Let's do it. Let's All right, it. stop recording. Love, love everybody. See ya.